Swanson to first. to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And Lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Well, hello, episode number 125 in the fine history of this program. Welcome to Four Future Considerations. I am John, Matt, and Manny are here. Guys, how you doing? John, after the week you must have had, I'm amazed you know what episode it is, what day it is, where your pants are. <laughs> oh, it's true. My wife was away for a week and wow, things got crazy. Did they get crazy? <laughs> so does she know of the half of it or you like, she shows up on the door, the house is clean, you found your pants. Yep. And you're good. You're behaving now. Yeah, everyone's out the back door, through the yard, and out the gate, just just as she was pulling up. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, it got crazy because John hasn't been able to f- to make any food for himself for the last six days. <laughs> <laughs> I did make a trip down to near Kitchener for Arby's. Yeah, he's down to, to 95 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> Wait a minute. You drove to Kitchener to get Arby's? <laughs> did I hear that right? Yeah, it's only an hour and uh, an hour and forty-five minutes away. <laughs> what? That's halfway here. <laughs> it's only about seventy dollars in gas these days. So, where did that rank in the wildest things that you did in your bachelor week? Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was about the middle. I mean, I don't want to start any rumors or anything, but let's just say there's a Land Rover in my driveway now. You guys don't want to know how I got that. <laughs> Tell me you at least changed the license plate already. <laughs> Is Ken Jung going to jump out of the trunk naked? <laughs> you, you made it, John. You made it, buddy. I did, yeah. Oh, I also did another thing that everyone, uh, I've always wanted to do since living up here. I went down and did a taste test, and I've determined out of Super Burger and Champ Burger, I have a favorite. Oh, really? So, yeah, I always was a Super Burger guy, but now I'm Champ Burger all the way. Why? <laughs> um, I liked the meat was better, and I thought the bun was fresher. This is big, because Super Burger is usually king in Primrose there. Yeah, but I think you like Champ Champ Burger. Is, yeah, I think they've really stepped it up. I think they've come a long way in the last few years. Right. One bite, everybody knows the so rules. Rashad just did an all Ontario <laughs> burger and fast food tour. <laughs> Episode one twenty five to uh, signal the one hundred and twenty five dollars and totally would have spent for two beef and cheddars. <laughs> Getting there and back. And the 125 pounds he gained by eating fast food (laughs) in his bachelor week. That's all right. John, we were only kidding when we said Jumbo John was your nickname in a couple of episodes ago. I wasn't kidding. (laughs) I'm glad you're here, John. I assume your wife is doing well and happy. The house is in order and... Yeah, yeah. It was funny, though. When I told her that story about Super Burger and Champ Burger, she's like, wait, you went down there and you ate two hamburgers? <laughs> does, like, she know, does she know about the Arby's run? <laughs> yeah, I told her. She just shakes her head. She knew what she was getting into when she married me. Rashad just does, lives a different life. He, his wife is gone for, for one week. All His wife comes home. And she's not checking the credit card statements for uh, any sort of XXX deliveries. It's uh, where did my husband eat all week? <laughs> no, no porn subscriptions or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not getting uh, unmentionable packages dropped off. It's just Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, we're off and running on this episode. We now know that Champ Burger is the place to be. Champ Burger. Okay, next time we come up there, John, you're just going to have to take us around on your tour. 
All right, we'll do the whole circuit. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Matt, we also want to say congrats to you and the Leamington Flyers on a tremendous season. I know it's not the way you wanted to end losing in the finals in the West finals, but boy, oh boy, you guys had a tremendous season, especially coming out of a pandemic too. Yeah, I mean, rookie coaching staff, um, everybody was really young uh, teams in our league. We had the fortunate uh, timing to have uh, a couple of outstanding 16-year-olds in our roster that have committed to D1 universities, uh, a couple of other kids' opportunities to go up and at least practice or play with their Ontario Hockey League teams that they had been drafted with. Uh, two wins from from a, a conference championship and, uh, and and all the turmoil that came with the year was uh, a pretty exciting year to be a part of, for sure. Dale Mitchell, Coach of the Year. We had him on on episode 35 of For Future Considerations. I, I talked to him. He's coming back. We're going to have him as a, a season recap pretty soon, too. That's great. Would love, would love to have him on the show. Yeah, it's, I think it's important for Dale to explain to the listening audience how much he learned from me over the course of his first year <laughs> as a coach. <laughs> that is going to be one brief, brief ass episode. <laughs> so, what did you learn from Matt? Nothing. <laughs> Here's the things not to do. <laughs> I can't believe that was episode 35. That was when Super Burger was actually good, right, John? <laughs> That's right. That's how long ago that was. Uh, and as we get set for a few days of R&R this long weekend, well, at least for Matt and I, John's just probably going to stuff his face a little bit more. Big thanks to everyone who reached out after listening to our debate last week and the OT with Sean Kruger. Some great feedback. Gary, Greg. Uh, Craig, Lindsay, Todd, uh, Darcy reached out too. So thanks for listening. Yeah, that was just an outstanding episode. And really, right out of the gate, maybe three of the best stories we've ever heard in this podcast in the first like seven or eight minutes that, that he was on. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that one, there's some great, great stuff in that one. Yeah, I don't think we've ever had a guest where his fists had nicknames. So like Matt said, if you want to know what we're talking about, definitely go back and listen to that episode. And since it is the May long weekend this weekend, we are going to take a break and we will have only one podcast episode this week. And that's this one. And so without further ado, let's get into this week's debate. You know, I got to make sure... uh... I'm just whenever they go home to the summertime, make sure that uh, come back as a better team, strength-wise, faster, quicker. Um, we're getting sick and tired of the feeling like this, so we we, uh, we gotta make sure we're ready for this upcoming season. Another season and another Maple Leafs first round exit. That was Mitch Marner talking after the game seven loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. Guys, Toronto hasn't won a playoff series since 2004. And Brendan Shanahan said on Tuesday that Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe will be back next season. So how did the Leafs change their fortune? Well, they have to do something, right? Like if what what's the old saying goes, you you do the exact same thing and expect the same result. That's the, the definition, definition of insanity, right? Right. It's crazy. But, you know, I look at their roster and if you're not going to change the coaching staff, I don't know if you change the core four because there are 10 other unrestricted free agents or restricted free agents on the roster that are going to leave this team, none bigger than your goaltender in Jack Campbell. So that's a pretty big change when you talk about a hockey club. You're changing your number one netminder, and they obviously don't have a number one netminder on the roster. They need to find somebody, and that's going to be huge. They lose Jack Campbell. They lose Giordano, uh, Labushkin, I think if that's how you say your name. Mikheyev, he's an unrestricted free agent. Blackwell, the Spezza run it back. And then you got restricted free agents and. Uh, uh, Lilligren and Engball and Rasmus Sandin. Like, there are going to be major changes to this roster. So, the roster is going to look completely different, even if you don't change the core four. I thought they might have changed the coach, guys. Um, but 
they did have their most successful regular season ever with 54 wins and 115 points. Yeah, I kind of wonder if it's a case of where some of these players just have to get some experience in the playoffs and then learn how to win. I know that's an old cliche, but um, if you can surround that core four with some extra pieces, um, I think going forward they they could have a chance to uh, to improve next season. Peter Morazic, two years, three point eight million dollars left on on him is just one of the the numerous cap issues that this team has. But I think the most important thing uh, that you have to look at with this group, and we all mentioned the the core four, Matthews has two years left on his deal. Nylander has two years left. Marner's got one. Tavares, or one after, I should say. So they've got three years. Tavares has got three years. This is it. This is when it's going to happen, guys. Like You can't blow this thing up. You've gone too far now. I mean, what are you, are you going to trade Nylander and, and how are you, you know, where is the improvement going to come from? What are you even trying to improve on in this team? I think the one thing that gets away because it's the Leafs, because it's been so long, is that they lost to the two-time defending champions in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, this isn't your your mom and dad's first and eighth round uh, matchups in, in the playoffs, right? These are really good teams that have to play each other in the first round. Now you lose game six and then you lose game seven at home. That stings. That looks that looks bad, especially on a team that, that is that desperate. But I don't think there's anywhere you can go with this. So you've got to, again, find ways to plug holes Hope these guys can break through because everybody's ass is on the line in the next two or three years. And that's from the top. That's Shanahan, Dubas, Keefe, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Riley, Tavares, all of them. Well, you got two years to figure this out. And and I think the the one thing that the, the Leafs and probably the fan base is driving more than anything else is just getting out of the first round is not the ultimate goal. That's that's just the small part of this. Who cares where you finish in the regular season? The first round is just a piece of what this team needs to do. Now, it's just going to get worse next year. It's just going to get worse after that. But these guys are tied to each other no matter what. So, you know, uh, burn the boats or whatever you want to call it. This is going to be the Leafs team for the next two or three years with a bunch of different guys that they can kind of find and plug in and hope they fit. And, hey, it's a great throw to play in Toronto, and it would be great to bring a Stanley Cup back to Toronto. We've heard all of the comments that all these free agents have, have made when they've come to Toronto, and they're trying to find lightning in a bottle because they've just pushed everything in on these guys, and that's just going to be it. You're not going to see that change. So next year, it's going to be the same team, barring a few changes here and there. The year after that is when things are going to get really, really interesting in Toronto. But what would you change from the core for anyway? Nobody's taken on the Tavares contract. You'd be stupid to trade Marner or Matthews. And Nylander, his contract is actually a bargain now. That's mm-hmm. $7 million a year. Mm-hmm. So with those 10 spaces that I talked about that are open on this hockey club, there is a lot of room there to change this team if you don't want to quote unquote run it back. And I'm glad you said it, Matt. Um, this felt different. This first round loss felt different than previous years. I thought they actually played well enough to win. Mm-hmm. They just ran into the defending champs. Yeah, that's the way you have to look at it. Is it a first-round loss, or did you get beat by the defending Stanley Cup champions? It depends how you want to look at it when you assess the season. So when I look at our predictions for the first round of the playoffs, Manny is in the lead, getting seven out of eight series right. I had six right, and Matt had five right. And all of our picks for the Stanley Cup final are still intact. So let's take a look at the second round, guys. Who you got? Well, everything that I was looking to get through to the at least in the end is still there. So I'm I'm happy with that. I've got Florida and the New York Rangers and Colorado and Calgary winning the these series. Um again, they're all for the most part long series. We expect them to be long series because the way the, the playoffs shape up. Um, you know, the Rangers are 
probably the luckiest of all of them to get out of that first round and, and to be in here. And it doesn't get any easier with a, a Carolina Hurricanes team waiting for them. But no, I mean, it, my, my final four are still there. So that's who I'm going with. You're not changing your mind anywhere? No, I'm good with all of it. I'm going to go... Um... Mm. Yeah, I think I said lightning, didn't I? Didn't I said lightning to start, didn't I? I guess I'll stay with them. I'm kind of th- I'm kind of leaning towards the Panthers a little more now, but then the Avalanche and then the Rangers, and I still think I don't think Edmonton. I think they're cursed. I think Calgary is going to beat Edmonton. I just don't think this team has the capacity to do, to do it. I don't know why, but they just never seem to be able to break through it. I think Calgary's going to beat the Oilers in that series. So you're saying Tampa, Carolina, Colorado. Calgary? Uh, no, uh, the New York Rangers over Carolina. Okay. So you got the Rangers and Florida meeting or or Tampa? Did I hear that right? Um, I'm going to – yeah, see, do I want to change? I don't like changing, but I guess – Yeah, don't change. <laughs> look, you've been Why did you flip from Super Burger to Chip Burger? Super Burger guy your whole life. Now look at you. Jill leaves for one week. Look at you. What the what, – what are we going to be talking about rugby more? You're going to think the Canucks are going to be good next year? Like what? What the hell is going to happen here? Who knows? We're going to have to tell her she can't leave now. Ever, ever. John's getting into fruit salad instead of uh, going down for burgers. One week his wife is gone. He gets a treadmill. What the hell is going on up there? We know that'll never happen. So you got Calgary, Colorado. And then you got Rangers, and I couldn't understand what you were saying. Tampa or Florida? Florida. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of think Florida's going to win, but I think my original pick was Tampa, so I'll go with Tampa. I'll stick with Tampa then. Okay, so I'm like Matt because I'm not changing any of my picks. Um, I've got Florida uh, winning the next round, but my only loss was the Leafs beating Tampa, so I can't go to Tampa now. Besides, I think the Braden Point injury is really mm-hmm. going to affect Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still waiting for the lightning to run out of gas here. Uh, when, when's that going to happen? Um, I agree with Matt. I think the Rangers uh, lucky to escape uh, mm-hmm. that series against Pittsburgh. Their D zone play needs to be better. Uh, but I do think Igor Shesterkin is going to show people why he's a candidate for the MVP this year. Um Colorado, I've got winning the cup, so I think they're going to beat the Blues. And I think the big thing between Calgary and Edmonton, which is so tasty, love this series. Yeah. Um, Jake Ottinger was great for Dallas. I think that's the only reason why that series went seven games. Mm-hmm. Mike Smith is no Jake Ottinger. Mm-hmm. So I think the Flames will score more than they did in this series against Dallas. Connor McDavid was great. He was awesome. He put the mm-hmm. Oilers on his back, but he's not going to be the reason they lose. I I felt bad for Ottinger at the end of that series. He looked so heartbroken, but I was saying to Manny earlier when we were talking that um, you think about where he was at the start of the season and where he ended up. I think when he looks back on this season, he's going to be pretty happy with the way the season went as a whole once the, the sting of the loss in the playoffs finally leaves him. You should have heard him getting written off at uh, Yost Arena in, in Michigan as a member of Boston University. Our, our director of player development here, Manny Pava, uh, this kid wouldn't be good enough to play for uh, in, the, in the Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League. He's come a long way. Let's he just sure say has. that. He, he's, he's really put in the time, has really improved his game. We, we thought we were watching an ECHL veteran. But he's he's taking on that job. <laughs> and then before leaving hockey, let's touch on the coaching moves. Bruce Boudreaux is staying with my Vancouver Canucks, and Lane Lambert has been hired as the new Islanders coach, and Pete DeBoer has been fired by the Vegas Golden Knights. Do any of these moves surprise you at all? Not really, guys, if I think about it. Uh, you know, maybe DeBoer's result is a little bit surprising, but... This is a results-based league, and the law, the Vegas Golden Knights never made the playoffs for the first time in their short history as a franchise in the NHL. He's the guy you brought in and fired Gerard Gallant. 
for, even though Gallant was doing a good job, took him to the Stanley Cup Finals. So I don't think there's a really big surprise because of that. Um, there's just a lot more options now out there for teams looking for coaches. Yeah, I'm not surprised at any of these either. Um, I'm glad Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux will get a, a full season where he starts with the team and see what they do through an entire season rather than him just joining in the middle and see if he can propel them to a, a playoff appearance or not. And uh, yeah, the other two moves don't surprise me at all. I'm not surprised that Barry Trotz move, but I am surprised that it's Lane Lambert that comes in um, just because he's been an assistant with Trotz for 10 years now, I think, in Nashville and went with him to the Islanders and Washington. Yeah. So if if that's, you know, if if the Islanders are looking to shake things up, um, I can't imagine that Lane Lambert is different philosophically then Barry Trotz, I mean, it it may just be a, a different voice with the same message. Maybe they are a little bit different. I, I'm not sure. I don't know much about Lane Lambert at all, but I'm surprised that when, when I'm always surprised when they fire a head coach to promote an assistant um, on the same staff, but especially since these guys have been together through three stops in 10 years. Like Barry Trotz is probably the first person to say Lam, Lane Lambert's been in waiting in the wings to take a head coaching job. And he probably assumed at some point it was going to be his, but uh, I'm surprised that Trotz goes in the off season and it's not even a mid season. Let's just give him the interim tag for a bit. It's off season. He's gone. We're promoting the associate coach uh, who's been with the head coach. We just fired for 10 years. I just like that. They're not recycling coaches uh, over and over and over again. No mm-hmm. offense to Bruce Boudreaux, um, because Bruce, there it is. He seemed to do pretty good with the Vancouver Canucks, although I'm a little bit surprised, John, by your answer. I thought you'd want another guy in Vancouver. Yeah, I'll give him another season. I don't, I've said before, I don't think he's a great playoff coach, but I'd like to give him a full season and a playoff and see what he can actually do from uh, from day one. Barry Trotz, man, Manny, you can't you can't predict these things anymore. <laughs> Barry Trotz was out there for you, John, and you said no. Yeah. Oh, I hear, I hear he's interviewing in Winnipeg, your second favorite team, right? You could have got Pete DeBoer. <laughs> oh, I I like what the Vancouver Canucks are doing these days. Oh my God, <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> Well, we need someone to blame. Come on, we got to give him a whole season and then we can really hate him. <laughs> so like you, John. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh my God. Oh, wow. And now it's time for our play of the week and it's from the NHL playoffs. Back to Crosby. Ross center. Getzel scores. Jake Kensel knocks it out of the air, and in. the Rangers are arguing it's a high stick. Kensel celebrates. It was called a goal. Jake Gensel kicked the puck up and then batted it in for a ridiculous goal for the Pittsburgh Penguins in their Game 7 loss to the New York Rangers. And that's our listener's pick for the play of the week. Pretty sick play. Yeah, that was. That was. The Jake Ottinger's save was pretty good, too. They were neck and neck in the yeah. pool mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, the Tony Kemp catch I thought was pretty good. Uh, but oh, yeah, and, and then of course the no hitter. Reed Detmer is in the no hitter. That's that's pretty impressive too. That's right? a good so, week. That yeah. was a really good week. But that you kick it up and then you bat it out of midair. Like you could do that <laughs> ten times and miss nine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love some of these plays in the NHL now. I love that hot dogging is like what Don Cherry used to call hot dogging and he wanted to see guys get knocked out for it. I'm glad seeing some of these players trying moves in mm-hmm. games and not just in practice. I think it's so much more fun now. Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And remember to check out Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for these videos. We post the videos, we'll post your options. You can then battle with your friends and you can create fake profiles and vote for the one that's your favorite. (laughs) (laughs) And then deactivate and try it again. It's a fun little game. You can do it every week. We post them on Monday and then we results uh, come out on Wednesday. 
Are you speaking from experience, Matt? I'm just I'm just saying. I, I've seen some plays that are exceptional, and I've seen some other plays that just seemed a little stinky. <laughs> a little stinky. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Which play did you vote for? I had the I had the Getzel goal. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had the Getzel goal. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. John loves the nickname. Stinky. <laughs> a little stinky. <laughs> oh, look. Someone created a, an account right before the show. Bat Boomo Shell. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who that could be. <laughs> oh, another one. Little Stinky 99. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And uh, speaking of the playoffs, the NBA postseason is down to the final four. The Miami Heat face the Boston Celtics in the East, and the Golden State Warriors take on the Dallas Mavericks in the West. Guys, who do you have in the NBA? Unlike the NHL playoff game sevens, which were great, you know, the Leafs, Lightning, Mm -hmm. Capitals, Panthers, Bruins, Panthers, or Capitals, Panthers, Bruins, Hurricanes, Mm -hmm. Rangers, Penguins, Oilers, Kings. The game sevens in the NBA were awful. Boston smacked around Milwaukee, and Dallas gave the Phoenix Suns a full moon, basically. (laughs) Like... Um, unbelievable blowouts. Uh, I, I I look at the final four and, you know, I can't help but think maybe we'll see a Miami-Dallas final again. Remember last decade when the Miami Heat and the Dallas Mavericks met twice in the finals? Maybe we're going to go for a three-peat okay. this year. I just think Luka Doncic was amazing in that series mm-hmm. against Phoenix. Took out the team with the best record. They're playing with house money. Nobody expected them to be there. They have some momentum. It can't just be Luca, who's been dynamite. I think the X factor there is Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, if if they can advance past Golden State, it's because Spencer is helping Luca. Batman and Robin there. Um, Boston's a little bit banged up to start their series against Miami. So uh, I love Jason Tatum. I think he's a heck of a player. But I if they're banged up. They're not as deep as Miami. I think the X factor there is Kyle Lowry. He needs to stay healthy mm-hmm. for the Heat. I'm going to go Miami-Dallas here. I'm going to agree with Manny. That's exactly who I picked as well. Hot a boy, John. <laughs> Here's what I don't get about the NBA. Just looking at the Suns-Maverick series. Okay. Phoenix loses the series in seven games. The three games they won, they won by 7, 20, and 30. They're up three games to two, go home, lose, or Dallas, in in Dallas is game game six. They lose 113-86. They then go home and play Dallas and lose 123-90. This isn't entertaining. How how is this one series that goes seven games where five of those games this point spread is like twenty points? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a blowout. It was yeah, a blowout. Look at look at Blowouts and and everybody gets to blow. You get a blowout. You get a blowout. <laughs> Luka Doncic had as many points as the entire Phoenix Suns team in the first half of Game Seven. <laughs> it's insane. I don't. I don't know how that. I don't know how that happens. It, there's. There's nowhere else that you mm-hmm. see that in a seven-game series. There might be a blowout in baseball in Game Four. You know, one of the hockey games might go a little bit crazy. Might end up being like four-one or something like that. But you don't see every single game by such a massive amount. Like Phoenix is up two nothing in this series and three-two. They respond to those games losing by twenty-one. And Lord, no, I can't even do the math in my head right away. It's like 33 points in game seven at home. You should have to move your team for that. 
that's yeah, you're terrible. not wrong, Matt. Like I remember a time in the NBA, especially in the playoffs, where home court advantage was really an advantage. Like if you were going into a game seven at home, you were heavily favored. Yeah, like that's wild. That like what a that may just be a one off series, but I always feel like the game three or the first home game in an NBA playoff, more than anything else, always ends up being extremely one sided for the home team that you can go on the road and get smacked twice and then come home for game three and you win by 22. And who knows Who knows why and who knows how. But if we're going to do predictions, uh, I'm going to say the complete opposite of you guys. <laughs> uh, who did you say again? You said Miami? I said Miami and Dallas. Boston, Golden State. I've got, I've got Golden State winning it all now. That would be a tasty final too, like it would be. I yeah, know. yeah. Steph Curry, right, and and Larry uh, Bird. The lore around him against <laughs> against Jason Tatum, not Larry Bird, <laughs> and the Boston Kerr Celtics. And Steve Kerr and Red Auerbach doing battle on the the benches. That'll be that'll be a great series. Kevin McHale, <laughs> <laughs> Robert Parrish. <laughs> sure. That'd be great. <laughs> you see, Ray Allen and Byron Davis head to head be sick. <laughs> sick. <laughs> Mark Jackson's coming back. Watch oh, out. yeah. <laughs> Mark Jackson stepping off, sixth man of the year. Baron Davis, watch out, world. I'm telling you. Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire and a listener question from Scott in Hanover who emails in about the Preakness this weekend asking Matt if he's just as excited for this race as he was for the Kentucky Derby and if we're surprised that Derby winner Rich Strike won't be in the race. So I'm never excited for any other race as much as I'm excited for the Kentucky Derby. The Preakness is entertaining and it's one that I would love to see live because at Pimlico, they make this just like a rave for two days. Like if you if you actually need a, an excuse to go somewhere near Baltimore, this is the only time that I would ever suggest even considering it because they always bring in bands. They do, it's like two or three days and I don't know if they're doing it again this year. I would only assume they are um, with, with the big bands and, and all that. So um, that would be a great place to watch a race because it's the party one. The, the Kentucky Derby is the serious one and everybody gets dressed up and all that. And, and the Belmont, it can be a huge one if need be. Wait but, a minute, wait a minute. You don't like the party one? You like the dress-up one more? The the Kentucky Derby? Yeah. It's not even close. But you're the party guy. You don't like the party guy? We make the Kentucky Derby the party. <laughs> we are the party at the Kentucky Derby. Pimlico's got to have Steve Aoki. Uh, as long as he doesn't throw out the first pitch. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? He may have hit a horse with that one. But... <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not as excited, and I love that Rich Strike is not in in the, the Preakness because these guys what? took their money and went home. <laughs> like, uh oh, we ain't racing this guy and getting his ass kicked because mm-hmm. we watched that tape again and that whole thing opened up like he was Moses in the Red Sea, and that ain't ever <laughs> happening again. And this horse is gonna finish second last, and there goes my money. Get the hell out of here and start making babies. Right? It's the <laughs> smartest thing they could do. Like. I read their statement like we always had planned for him to rest at the Preakness. Sure you did. Sure you did. Because you also expected him to be resting during half the Kentucky Derby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so Matt, I just looked it up. It is a festival again this year. Megan the Stallion. Yeah. Marshmallow Chainsmokers. It's sick. That's a great party. I guarantee you any of that's going to be better than pump it or dump it, whatever we're going to be doing today. (laughs) And you don't like it. You like the Derby better. I like the Derby better. I'd I'd love to go to Pimlico. There's nothing wrong with Pimlico. I'd I'd love to go. And that's a a hell of a lineup. Where else are you going to see that lineup? John Rashad, when he's on his bachelor, next bachelor weekend. (laughs) John, what are you going to do? Your horse that... 
came in and gave you a big payday. He's not racing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pick another one. I'll have to pick the uh, the next uh, last place finisher and <laughs> put some money if he on that. Pulls this off again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing sorry, it. Curtis. <laughs> I'm losing it. <laughs> Maybe Epicenter will finally win. And after we, you cost me some money in the last race, we're shot. Now that it means nothing. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can always fall back on crypto. <laughs> Uh, did you guys see the story we posted on social media on Tuesday? Tom Brady challenged LeBron James on Twitter in a five-round ice hockey shootout. <laughs> Who do you guys think would win? <laughs> John can't even get it out of his mouth. I know, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. Everything Brady touches turns to gold. He just signed a $375 million deal to be an NFL analyst on Fox. There's no way he's losing a shootout. He's got seven rings. He's been to the finals ten times. He's got seven rings. He's not losing this. The, the best about this is it's his idea, man. <laughs> no, I ain't touching this. It's like, hey, you want to uh, play a game of pool I've never played before? Hell no, I don't want to play pool. <laughs> no, sir, I don't. Because <laughs> he's going to be up there and he's going to break the, the whatever the hell they call it. They're all going to go in the complete opposite one. And he's, oh, that was weird. I've never seen that happen before. But, man, he, he signed a $365 million deal or whatever for, for TV. He hasn't even retired yet. <laughs> this is like just the, this is like putting away money for college. You're not going to need this right now. But when you decide to be done, we're also going to take care of your great-grandchildren. So... <laughs> Absolutely not. I would not touch this. I want to see him challenge Bieber. That's that's where the real challenge is. Get a hey, get a real celebrity hockey player. Maybe our good friend Joey Hishin will train him too after there he trained go. Joe Bieber. I I love this. Tom Brady spent what three weeks at home after his <laughs> retirement. Said, screw this. This is the worst thing ever. I'm coming back to play football and I'm signing a 10 year contract to be an NFL analyst on TV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> screw the home life. <laughs> you, what do you, Giselle, you take the kids. <laughs> what are we going to do in, uh, in May, uh, honey, when, uh, uh, when football is over? They're still playing hockey, baby. I've got this thing going on with LeBron. We're going to play hockey. I've got this golf match coming up. Uh, this is going to be – I'm busy, man. I got a lot going on here. A lot of moving parts, son. A lot of moving parts. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk to you, Giselle, in about 2060. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Tom, if Tom Brady showed up and, and challenged me to, like, racing in a shopping cart down a hill, hell, I no, I'm not taking that challenge. No, you're, you're going to win the forget it. He's coming over for the Belmont. We're going to play cornhole, and he's going to challenge you at cornhole. You know what? If he so shows up at Belmont, I would pick him at the race. I would give him <laughs> odds at the race. I give him seven to two that he completes the race <laughs> before at least three horses. <laughs> And the finalists for all the NHL awards are being announced, and I know we'll talk about this at the end of the season, but we received a social media message from Mark in Oakville about the heart race between Matthews, McDavid, and Shesterkin. Have you guys made up your mind about who wins? Mark from Oakville. You think he's a Matthews guy? <laughs> <laughs> this is just baiting us. Right? You know what? Shesterkin. <laughs> I got Shesterkin one. McDavid 2, Matthews 3. Just to give it to Mark and Oakville. Hey, thanks eh? a lot for listening, Mark. <laughs> like <laughs> He's screaming at the at the speaker right now. I, you know I, who I got ahead of uh, Matthews, Mark? Dylan Larkin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Kessel. Uh, this is Matthews to lose. 60 goal man. I think he's the leading front runner for the heart. I agree. I think it's unanimous. I, I don't think you can make an argument that one of those two is better than Matthews, however you want to look at it. And Nicole in Port Elgin says she's a big baseball fan and sent us a note about who were the front runners for the MVP race up to this point. 
Oh, geez. I, I know I said Vlad at the beginning of the year, and I know he's his hit streaks now, like 14 games. He's 14 consecutive games. But the Jays are 19 and 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't get an MVP out of a team like that. Who was pessimistic about the Jays to begin the year? Just, just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah, God, yeah. guys, it's it's May 18th. <laughs> He's patting himself on the back for like the third straight week here. Yeah. Jesus. How about Otani, though? Otani, yeah. Second player ever to have 100 home runs and 250 strikeouts in his career. <laughs> and, the, and the Angels are 24 and 14. Uh-huh. If Otani does both again like he did last year, hit and pitch, he's going to win it again. Yep, I agree. It's pretty wild. I mean, if you want to just look at numbers from the start of the year, Aaron Judge is is probably been the best player in the American League. 13 home runs to start the year. Uh, you know, he's got 29 or 30 or something like that uh, RBIs. He's first or second in the league in, in OPS. I mean, that, if, if that's the way you're going to roll, it's probably going to be him. And, and you know, again, just numbers-wise, uh, I guess it's I guess it's Manny Machado or somebody in the in the National League. But um, it's so it's so early. I wouldn't even. What's the point? And then did you guys see the wild pitch from Steve Aoki, the popular DJ and music producer at the Boston Red Sox game on Monday? Uh, we posted it on our social media accounts. You can see him throw the ball over the catcher, over the netting behind home plate. And there's some debate about whether or not he did that on purpose. What do you guys think? It's always on purpose. It's always on purpose. Con- Connor McGregor's was on purpose. This is on purpose. The only one that I think was real was 50 Cent. I think that was a real throw. And uh, the rest, I think, are now people do it. And, uh, yeah, they'll talk about it for a couple days. The video will get shown. It'll show up on highlight reels. He gets to always just have that little joke in his back pocket. I don't think it's actually possible for somebody to throw a ball like that without some sort of an intention. Come on. You've seen John play outfield. (laughs) His throws are wild. There's no way a throw that made by John Rashad would go up the net, right? <laughs> the throws that you're referring to are the ones that when he throws it, he ends up burning off his shoelaces. <laughs> like Gronk spiking it in the end zone. He's not getting air on those. So you think everybody saw the press that 50 Cent got from his terrible throw and now they're duplicating it? I think I think 50 Cent is is goes down in infamy infamy is the worst first pitch of all time and i think now it's like you know what hasn't been done in a while or you know what people think are funny or hey, this will be great i'm just that that wild guy and they'll talk about me now and throw throws the ball up the the net like from 60 feet out to throw the ball up that net which i don't even know how high that that net is 40 feet 30 feet <laughs> high before it bends up and goes towards the, the press box. You're that's impossible. That's impossible that that's a real throw from somebody. Come on. Pitchers are complaining about the ball this year. It might've slipped out of his hands. <laughs> I watched the video on his social media. He goes, uh, I better stick to throwing cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's already got the line for it and everything. Yeah. Get real. Yeah. Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And Steve Aoki is not on Pump It or Dump It, but we do have a submission from Saranya, who says her boyfriend loves the podcast. They live in Waterloo, and they've submitted this song for our consideration. We'll go The song is called Two Step by Ed Sheeran and Lil Baby. So for Saranya and her boyfriend, pump it or dump it? This is a great song. Pump it. (laughs) I love it. I found a new song to play by the pool. It's better than last week's. 
Yeah, I didn't mind it. Attaboy, John, pump it. <laughs> you know what? I didn't mind it either. <laughs> hey. <laughs> that kid's all right. That Ed Sheeran kid is all right. He does some good things. He's got some bangers. I think Little Baby adds just that much to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's kind of like a, a nice topping there. <laughs> Are you suggesting Lil Baby is the whipped cream to the sundae? Maybe the cherry on top. You know it's what the I cheese mean? on the beef and cheddar. <laughs> was he yeah. in another song that we had or was that Da Baby? I, we've done a few babies. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Lil Baby's been on there before. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right, too. He's a big fan of the show. I was talking to him last week. Oh, that's good. You you guys were getting ready to go to the prickness, or yeah, it's uh, he was wondering why he wasn't wasn't opening for Megan the E Stallion. <laughs> well, hey, fun sh- fact: Did you know she doesn't have any tattoos? She said that on the pre-show for the Billboard Awards the other night. She has no tattoos. So, why is that? Something, I don't know. I just I just assumed she'd have a lot of tattoos. I don't know why I think that, but tattoos are really popular these days. I could see that, though. I could see that. <coughs> Do you have a tattoo, John? <laughs> could you imagine? No, no, I do not. <laughs> no, <laughs> Matt. Do you have a tattoo? Rashad's got a butterfly <laughs> now in an undisclosed <laughs> location. <laughs> I have the old Canucks skate logo on the small of my back. I yes. actually, I, I I actually thought you would have like a burger or a pizza slice somewhere on your body. <laughs> a Pizza Hut logo. <laughs> oh my, John! You could sell sponsorship on your body and get free food. Like I thought it was a thing, John. That every buffet you crushed. You added another slice to your yeah. arm. <laughs> he doesn't have the teardrops like he's coming out of prison. He's counting pepperonis. <laughs> oh, we lost him. We did it. It's taken us a while, but we got shot rolling on the ground, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't think any, any of the three of us have tattoos, do we? None that nope. I've seen on myself. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the old 80s commercial? Where, uh, oh, yeah. It's the Labatt commercial. Yeah. Where the guy got drunk the night before, didn't realize he had a, got a tattoo that night. And it's the, the phone, uh, the answering machine that's playing the message from his buddy. <laughs> Wild night. Last night, huh? So what happened to you? Last I heard, you were headed for some body-piercing place. <laughs> Man, that stuff's too weird for me. Anyway, I'm sure you didn't do anything too stupid. Hey, you're the man, cool guy. See you at the beach. He looks in the mirror, he looks good, and then he turns around, and his whole back is covered in a tattoo. That's my... Most feared nightmare that I black out with you guys and you take me to a tattoo parlor and the next morning I've got I've got a tattoo of some hideous hula girl on my back. You're, you're going to wake up and you're going to have a London Knights tattoo and the, the flag of Croatia. If somebody writes in messy is the best, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> hey, hey, Rashad, remember when we took Manny out and got the cowboy star tattooed on Manny's cheek? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's Good awesome. times. And that does it for another debate on rapid fire. <laughs> Well, I was still in rapid fire. Oh my god! <laughs> Not so rapid tonight. 
we had some pace going for a while there, but (laughs) some good memories though. Reminder, this is our only episode this week since we plan to relax this long holiday weekend and hopefully not get blacked out that we got tattoos the next morning. Uh, and remember if you have any uh, guest suggestions or questions for the debate you can always send us an email for future considerations at gmail.com yeah post some pictures from your long weekends uh, to social media podcast ffc on twitter and instagram for future considerations on facebook man is the pool open or what it is today's the day oh today is the day the pool opens are you coming over this weekend I'm, I'm, look outside. I'm already there. I've been doing this from the backyard the whole time. <laughs> Cut the grass, would you? While you're out there. <laughs> we want to thank our sponsors on the episode to London Awnings, Quality That Shows, and Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. John, Matt and I got to see Shane last weekend. Oh, nice. How's he doing? We went out with Shane. We got him all hammered. We got him to get a tattoo of a barbell. (laughs) Right on his ankle. Nice. nice. And we colored his beard white. (laughs) Well done. Can't wait to go out again. (laughs) You guys got to look up some tattoo shops in Windsor and see where you can sneak him into when he's... Oh, he uh, he doesn't get super drunk, does he? He's responsible, isn't he? Lemon water. This guy's out drinking lemon water, Rashad. Although, Rashad, the very next episode we do, we have something special for you. We're going to hold it till the next episode we do. We might have a new drink for you to try. Oh, okay. That sounds good. All right. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a fantastic long weekend, and we will talk to you next week on Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.